created live on Fireside. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 
two of the human challenge. Um, if you tuned in last week, you would have seen a lovely conversation with the wonderful hero Dima Kelly's, uh, the founder of the Lab of Meditation and the consultant for the United Nations Foundation Peace on Purpose Project. We spoke a lot last week about the kind of proponents of of and and self love and that it really is about um, um, that it really is about um, acceptance and I think acceptance is really crucial to when we start getting into conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, if we all live from that space, uh, we would also be able to, um, you know, I think it would inform really how we create a lot of the structure of society and really what's around us. So today, we're going to continue that conversation with the wonderful Priya Sam, my great friend. I'm going to invite you here. Um, <laughs> Hi, Vanessa. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you perfectly. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I, um, for some reason I can't turn my video on just yet. Give me one quick sec. I had this issue the last time. I think I have to, let me press something for you. <laughs> It'll just take a second. But in the meantime, uh, Priya Sam, there we go, who I've just invited to video. <laughs> well, come on. Uh, Priya is a storytelling expert, keynote speaker, and consultant. Uh, she is also the host of the Turning Point podcast, which is actually how we met. Um, I was very grateful to be able to have a wonderful conversation with Priya on her show. Um, you can find it on uh, its podcast as well. You can also find it on YouTube. But before starting the Turning Point, uh, Priya was also a, a news anchor and a morning show host originally in the East Coast. And then she moved to Toronto where she anchored and co-hosted CTV's national morning show, Your Morning, um, which I think is really, really exciting um, because when we talk about things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, obviously, you know, in the media landscape, there's been quite a bit happening on the diversity front. So really excited to have you here. Um, outside of work, Priya is in a fitness class, usually planning an adventure. Every time I talk to Priya, she's like, I'm somewhere all over North America. Um, it only makes me a little jealous, <laughs> but she's is literally truthfully always somewhere kind of exciting, um, or with her cats <laughs> and a book. So there's lots of good balance. <laughs> All about balance. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, Priya is also, uh, the board member of the Be Human Foundation, which I'm very excited about because that is the, something that I launched and I'm very passionate about. And so I'm super honored that Priya, that you were, uh, willing to be a part of that journey. And so thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, you can check out Priya on our website, priyasam.com. If you're looking for any of her keynote expertise um, or even to learn more about her podcast, you can definitely check out her website for that. Um, so Priya, you know, we are celebrating International Women's Day and it's International Women's Month, super exciting. And, you know, I know that with you being, you know, a storyteller, expert, I was really I mean, let's let's kind of talk about this a little bit. I kind of want to hear, you know, you come from media. And so, um, as we mentioned, right, the media is sort of going through this this thing right now about diversity. And so 
maybe you can tell us a bit about your journey through that whole, you know, your whole experience. And then maybe that can lead into a conversation of, of, you know, some of the, maybe some of the challenges you experienced and then maybe the importance of being able to share our stories in, in this way and from a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started um, my career in television in a small station on the East Coast of Canada. And I would say, um, you know, I think I had a similar experience to a lot of people starting out in that industry and in a lot of other industries where you're really trying to make your mark at the beginning. You know, you're coming in on your days off, you're doing it, you're always saying yes to everything. And so I was I felt like I was kind of doing all the right things. Um, to to really try and get a full-time job. So I worked part-time at the station. I was a newsroom assistant. So basically I answered phones, I printed scripts for the news anchors and, um, and once in a while I would do a little bit of writing uh, at the beginning and I rolled the teleprompter as well. So those were kind of my main roles. And then I really wanted to be a reporter. So I would come in on my days off and a lot of the reporters were very gracious. They would let me shadow them. I would put together kind of like my own version of their stories just to sort of get practice and then um, ask for feedback from the producers that I uh, that worked in the building. And eventually, after doing this for a little while, I got this opportunity to be on air for the first time. I, I got to fill in for a week. And so this station, I was actually the only, um, or there was actually one other person of color there at the time when I started. Um, and that was, that was it. So, um, I felt I really, you know, I, I think you really stand out in a lot of these situations, right? Especially when you're the only, whether you're the only woman, the only person of color, um, the only person from the LGBTQ2 plus community, whatever it might be. Um, and I think there's always this added pressure of you. You can't just be as good as everyone else. You have to be better. So not only did I feel like I had to work hard, I had to work harder than than the people around me. So uh, for example, you know, I was coming in way more often on my days off doing all of this sort of unpaid work than um, than a lot of my white counterparts uh, were. And um, at the time, I just and I was really raised by by immigrant parents who kind of instilled that in me, like you're always going to have to work harder. So to me, I just I almost wasn't even thinking about it at the time. I just felt like it was what I had to do. So I did eventually get a full-time job um, after filling in for a little while. Um, and I started to really feel a little more confident speaking up. So um, I can think of a few situations. For example, um, there was a story about um, a, a car accident and we were talking about the race of the, of the victim. And I was like, why are we talking about this? It's like not relevant to the story. You know, sometimes race is relevant and sometimes it's not. And in this case, I felt it wasn't. So I asked the question, why are we doing this? And was met with eye rolls and, you know, oh, you're so sensitive about these things. And when you think about those kinds of interactions happening regularly, it really starts to take a toll, right? Like I, nobody would stand up with me. Um, so then it really started to impact my confidence and make me feel like I shouldn't talk about these things and that my voice wasn't important because nobody else was, was seeing the value in it. Um, so I thought that moving to a bigger city and a station with more diversity might change that. Um, and that is, so I got this amazing opportunity to fill in for a year on um, a national morning show in Toronto. And um, I did have some very, 
positive and wonderful experiences um, at that station, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but I did still feel those same issues of a lack of diversity, especially in leadership. Um, really, no, they're not being space. There might have been space for people of color on camera to, you know, for what would be considered like a visual diversity. Um, but behind the scenes, I did not feel like the diverse voices in the newsroom, mine included, um, were really valued. Um, and th after a while, that's what really led me to leave, to be honest. And so after you left, where did you, did you immediately start uh, your, your own show? And did it impact the start of your show? Yeah, so I actually left um, to take a job in tech. And so I did like a, a complete career pivot. And um, after, and I really, at that time, you know, I was really having a lot of mental health challenges. So I felt like I needed to step away um, to go to therapy, to give myself some, some time to heal. Um, there were kind of a, a couple of more um, impactful incidents that happened. Like uh, one of my coworkers um, accused me of bullying was kind of the, um, the, the main thing that happened. And like, this person was white. They were on a full-time contract. I was in a very precarious position on a short-term contract and was not given a chance to defend myself. Um, and that situation really uh, led to me having a, 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 you know, what you would call a mental breakdown. And so um, when I left, I really needed to take the time to take care of my mental health. And um, thankfully, I got this job in tech, which allowed me to to do that and and also to focus on taking care of myself. And about a year later is when I started to miss some aspects of journalism, but I knew I could never go back to the tradition to traditional media. So that's when I decided to start my podcast. Um, and really, I'd always been so drawn to people with incredible turning point stories and people who had overcome challenges. So uh, that became uh, the basis for the podcast. And I was really excited to be able to do something that was just on my own terms where I didn't have to answer to anyone else. I could tell the stories I was passionate about. Right. And I, I think it's really interesting. One of the things that you said, uh, you know, you said you felt this pressure to do super, to do super well and to work super hard. And it was something that was really bred within you, right? Like within your culture, I'm, I'm Mexican and Italian. I was also raised with that immigrant mindset. And, and I, that really resonates with me because I had very similar experiences as well. I've spent 10 years in tech, but that was my experience. I always felt that I had to work so much harder than everybody else. And, uh, and it was like, like it was just engraved in me, you know, in my mind, I thought everybody else was doing the exact same thing, but I realized it wasn't. But what spoke to me about how it was, you know, you mentioned to you, it was, you felt pressured. And it's interesting because is that pressure, you know, sometimes I think how much of that is just due to my own intergenerational trauma, right? Where I look at, you know, my family, they were immigrants and that was the pressure that maybe they felt. But how much of that is this this system, this external system of society that we have created that is just this expectation of those of us who come from multi different backgrounds that it's expected of us to work this way? Um, and I'm just kind of curious, you know, what your perspective is on that, what your experience has been. Um, you know, you have your show and do you hear similar stories of that as well? Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, I think this is a very common feeling, um, even just among women in the workplace as well, like you kind of always feel like you're the underdog. And if you are ambitious and you do have that desire to, to succeed, whatever that means to you, um, then you're often just always looking to the next thing. And you're the pressure, I think, comes from inside. And then also 
like you talked about that intergenerational pressure, you know, if you have parents or grandparents who immigrated here, there's that pressure of like, okay, make sure, you know, that we made the right decision for you. And like the way you show us that is by finding success. And I don't even feel like it was overtly said to me that way all the time, but you just know that, that that's where that's kind of the expectation. Um, and I do hear that from a lot of the guests I've had on my podcast as well. And it's interesting because I actually feel like this idea is what led me to realize how often I see women and people of color not sharing their experiences and really kind of like keeping their stories um, to themselves because they're there's not they're not thinking about reflecting. You're always thinking about what can I do to get to the next step. Right, right. And so that's super interesting to me. Um, this idea of of story keeping versus storytelling. Um, and and it's true. It's it's very common that we see that. And um, I think part of it is like you said, we're not even thinking about it. And the other part of it is like, is there space for these stories? You know, and it's something that I really struggle with personally because I always think, you know, when we look at the DEI movement and in the corporate field, obviously it's 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 great, but what is the space that's being created there? I think because I mean, what I sometimes feel is like there's always everyone wants to sponsor the event, everybody wants to celebrate something, but what is there acknowledgement of why this is the way it is? And I think that is something personally that is sometimes missing, right? Because if we don't acknowledge, yeah, everybody wants to celebrate the event, everybody wants to sponsor the event, but we are creating this environment where we're like, we're going to celebrate you, but we're going to pretend nothing ever really happened. <laughs> we're going to pretend the reason that this happened is not us. We're just going to celebrate you. We're going to throw money at you. But, you know, this is, but we're going to, everything else is just swept under the rug. And, you know, I think is that, is that, are we creating the right space for people to be able to tell their stories? Or are we only creating a space that's only sharing certain stories, the ones that we want to hear because, you know, there are only certain events that will get sponsored, right? <laughs> so I'm again curious, like what you think about that and some of the dynamics and if it's possible to maybe create this, a different type of space for this, these conversations. Yeah, I think you raise a really good point. Um, everybody wants to have their brand attached to something positive and happy and exciting, right? Um, and I think often the stories we're celebrating are the ones that that have that sort of happy ending, right? We're, we talk a lot about um, an, a, a VP whose family came here with nothing and they worked their way up. And we're talk, we talk about that moment of, of success and celebration. And I think what I try to do in, and think about in my own work is, you know, the people who need inspiration and who need hope are the people who are going through a tough time or experiencing challenge. And a lot of times in these stories, we're kind of skipping over that stuff and getting to, to, the, to the happy part. And what I encourage the speakers I work with to do is to really dig into that challenge. You know, what was it like for you? Um, how did you feel? And, and also, like, let's talk about how you overcame it. But the people in the crowd, the people on your teams, if you're an executive, I mean, the people who are struggling, they're the ones who need to hear that. They need to hear that there are challenging times and they need to feel like they're not alone. I mean, I think for anyone here, if you think about the most challenging experience you had in your life, 
you're probably also going to correlate it with a time when you felt really alone because it's really hard when you're going through a challenging experience, whether, you know, anything, whether it's something personally with your family or, you know, whether it's, it's infertility or losing a loved one, those are times when if you don't know anyone who's had the same experience, it's so easy to turn inward. But when you hear someone who's in a leadership role or someone um, who you really look up to talking about going through that um, and getting through that and how they felt in that moment, you just feel so connected. And I think there's a lot of relief in realizing, you know, you're not alone um, in, in having that challenging experience. So I think that's what's missing from a lot of these events, though, is is really giving people space to talk about those challenges and space without consequence too, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're up for a promotion and you had a bad experience on a team with a manager there, I mean, it's not something you really want to be talking about in, in a corporate environment. So, so yeah, I think, um, I think you're really hitting on something key there. Like how do we make space, a safe space for people to talk about those experiences? Right. Yeah. That's, and, and I am really grateful that you said that because that's exactly it. Like sometimes it's like, well, that's all creative space to share challenges, but are all challenges welcome here? Do you know what I mean? And then that's kind of what you're saying at the end, right? It's like, if there's, there's a space, but if there's that contingency, right, there's like, well, there could be a consequence for you. Is that true space? And then how do we actually create a change in our society that is, that doesn't thrive off of inequality, right? Like we keep, it's, it's sometimes I feel like we're, you know, you're like on an escalator going up, but the escalator is moving down. That's sometimes how it feels. It's like, we're like striving and pushing for equality, but like, the entire system is based off of inequality. And it's because we haven't created these spaces for these honest conversations to actually acknowledge why the system is like this. Cause we just want to sponsor, we want to celebrate, but we don't want to have that real conversation. And I think we do want to, but that real conversation isn't always allowed because of who's behind it. Right. Who's, who's in power really, right. Is really what it's all going to come down to. I think. Absolutely. I think, um, when I, after I left journalism, I really turned inward. I didn't talk to anyone about the racism I experienced, the discrimination, the sexism. I kept it all to myself. And at that time, I thought to myself, I will never talk about this. I just want to move on. I want to like put this away, never want to think about it again. And then I had all of these young journalists who started reaching out to me like, hey, I, I, I was, I'm just getting started. You know, I'd love some career advice. And I, I remember thinking like, how am I going to talk to these young journalists and encourage them when I have like such a negative opinion of this industry? But I also think, you know, journalism is such important work and I do feel like it's so important and connected to democracy. So what I started to, what I realized though, is that if someone had had that real talk conversation with me at the beginning, I would have been more prepared. So I did meet with these journalists and a lot of them were young women of color. And what I, I was honest with them. I said, it's not easy. Um, And, you know, chances are you will experience sexism. You will experience racism along the way. But what really helped me at certain points, and it was later in my career, was I met other people who were like me. So other women of color. And, you know, if you belong to another underrepresented group, people who are part of that same group. And we connected, we shared our stories, we supported each other. So that's always my advice to them. And also your voices are stronger together, right? I think we really saw this with the Me Too movement. A few women came out and started sharing their stories um, that they had kept to themselves for so long. And all of a sudden they empowered other women to do the same thing. 
And then we actually saw some change happen. So I don't think it's easy. And I think sometimes it's just so small and sharing your story with one person and helping that one person. Um, and that's how it started for me. And then I shared my story on my own podcast. And then I had all of these female journalists reaching out to me, sharing their own stories with me. And so I think, I think it doesn't, it isn't always big, you know, it's not always like a big national story or a big conference where you're sharing mm -hmm. it. But I think those little um, opportunities to share those experiences and to find um, that kinship that exists between two people who've gone through the same challenge. I think there's a lot of power in that, too. That is fantastic. A hundred percent. And and I really think those words need to sink in for a minute because it's true. It is just uh, sharing those little stories. And I mean, I think even if we look at historically, um, that is the root of a lot of cultures, right? A lot of cultures are based off of storytelling, and that's how you we keep those cultures alive. And and sometimes in this structure of society, we don't always get to do that and to feel that. And so it really does come down to each of us individually, um, and that does create that sort of collective power, right? I mean. To be empowered, I think, is really about being in our power, not in power, but in our power, right? And and that's really what we talk about here on the show. We're talking about how we can stay in our power and create a system that's a little bit more socially conscious. And it really does always come down to us and the stories that we can tell to help each other out. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you so much. I think I'm. I think that that's where I think we need to go and always turning inward, really being human to ourselves, being human to each other and being human to the world. That is how we can make a difference. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, everyone who's listening, the wonderful Priya Sam, make sure you check out her show. Actually, I think you just had a news anchor on your show, correct? Just like a week ago, maybe? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. And she, she really shared an incredible story um, about her own mental health journey as well. Yeah, I, I, I saw it and I, I remember and it did sound like a very, like a very, very authentic conversation. So make sure you check out everybody um, if you want her wonderful expertise and telling stories, obviously, is, is something that 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 she can uh, really, really help you out with and really help create your stories and share them. So please make sure to check out our website. Um, and if you're interested, um, you can also check out my website slash the Being Human Foundation for a few of our workshops coming up on uh, intentional leadership and building social consciousness. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, take care, everybody. Thank you, Priya. I will uh, chat with you soon, wherever right. you are and somewhere exciting. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much for having me, um, Vanessa, and for the great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. <laughs>
created live on Fireside.